fellow travelers. Thank you for joining me once again on the Unbroken Ground. Um, or for the first time, as always, I'm humbled that uh, you have chosen to uh, listen. Uh, and uh, my name is Paul, and uh, I am the main person that you hear on the Unbroken Ground. And so I'm very excited. Uh, as If you've been following along at all, you know that we've been talking about uh, the parable of the sower about what Jesus says about the about the condition of your heart. And I'm going to continue doing that uh, on this one as well. So the first two brand flakes and uh, fruity pebbles, we talked about the, uh, the hard hardened path and the shallow soil. And so tonight, um, or in this podcast, uh, I'm going to be talking about the, 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 the seeds that get planted and the weeds grow up. Um, so again, if you haven't reviewed, you can check out uh, Jesus' uh, teachings about this in Matthew 13. And uh, you can find that there. It might be a good idea to, to read that or, or listen to this and then read that um, as, as I go, as I talk about that. Uh, so uh, as always, uh, if you want to know what's going on or find uh, what's what uh, if there's anything else going on in the world of the unbroken ground or my world uh, you can f- follow along on the Facebook page that's uh, just facebook.com forward slash the unbroken ground.com you can also send me an email at the unbroken ground at gmail.com uh, or find me on Instagram as the unbroken ground um, all of those places are places that I put um, updates to my blog and also uh, whenever I put a new episode out uh, uh, episodes come out every Sunday, and so I'm going to continue that for at least a year. Uh, and so, uh, as always, thank you for listening, and enjoy as we jump into the uh, the next podcast uh, about uh, the condition of our hearts. So Jesus talks about the seed that falls among thorns. And so um, the way he describes that, he says that the seed that falls among the, the thorns is seeds, is, is, is a person's heart who receives God's word, but then it is choked out by the worries of this world and the deceitfulness of wealth. Uh, so he gives two kind of scenarios that causes the, the word of God to not be fruitful in the person who hears its life. Um, so again, we're moving a little bit in stages here from from the first soil, which was a hardened soil with the seed cannot penetrate into, and so it, it did not produce fruit because it couldn't even get into the ground. Basically, it was snatched away. Um, it was bird food. And then the second soil was, um, was not deep enough um, for any roots to establish. And so... It is. It was the the whatever grew up did not have enough roots to last when the sun came out. It withered away, and so again, that's that idea of having belief um, or or having like hearing hearing God's word with with great joy, but then finding temptation or finding doubt that that God's word is true, and so um, aligning your life to that um, when it comes when it becomes uh, a challenge. Um, when, when it's not easy, what do you do with God's word? Do you allow it to take deep root in you or, or do you allow it to wither away? And so there's a third soil and and that's what we'll talk about today, which is, is this idea that the soil, um, is not good because there are many things that are growing 
there are many things that are growing, and, and some of those things that are growing are weeds. They're, they're thorns. They're, they're not um, fruit-bearing plants, but they're stealing the nutrients that the fruit-bearing plants need to, to produce the good fruit. So Jesus is talking about our hearts, and when we, when we have anything else in our lives that is that that's stealing our attention that's that's stealing our energy that's that's stealing our um uh time when we're thinking about it when that or just time um we we are uh, open to we are opening ourselves to the idea that we're allowing weeds to grow up in our lives and so we're not going to see not going to be able to produce the fruit uh, that Jesus talks about the good soil producing. And I think it's important to um, really put things into perspective here because I think that we, uh, well, you just always have to uh, understand and, and have a full understanding and not just an immature understanding because then uh, I think that an immature understanding is to say like all things um, of this world are bad and I must avoid doing any of those things. And so um, if it's uh, hanging out with your friends, you go, well, I can't do that because that's taken away from the energy or hanging out with people or um, going to work or all those things that could get in the way and, and realize that's not really a mature approach to understanding the, um, the weeds that are in your hearts. Um, the weeds are the things that you allow to grow and and f- and be more important than God's word, and so um, the the two things that Jesus really names out that calls out here uh, are the worries of this world and the the deceitfulness of wealth. Um, and I think it's very interesting that um, that those are the two things that Jesus chooses to to really hammer on to really say, Hey, I want to, I want you guys to know that if you allow these things to be in your life, it's like weeds that are choking out the good fruit. That's, that's going to cause, um, the ability to not be able to produce good fruit because the nutrients are being choked out by, uh, they're being used up by these, um, these weeds. And, um, and, and it's so interesting because the same things that, cause us problems are the same thing that caused the people in Jesus's day problems worries of this uh, worries of the world and deceitfulness of wealth the worries of the world are simply um, summed up in uh, our drive our need for stuff we we worry about what we're going to eat, what clothes we're going to wear. Um, if we, if we, when we establish that, we know what we're going to eat, what clothes we wear. We wear, we worry about whether or not the things we eat, the things we wear, um, compared to other people. Are are we, are we eating the best things? Are we wearing the best things? Are we getting the best out of life? Is, uh, are we really? Uh, really feeling blessed if we're, uh, you know, having to eat like, uh, bread and water every night. Yeah. We're getting, we're getting food, but are we, are, are we missing out on some part of life? And so, um, it, it doesn't matter whether you have a little or whether you have a lot. Um, the worries of this life 
are going to be there if you want to worry about them. Uh, and I think that um, there is kind of a, a false understanding or at least a false belief that, it, that at some point you could have enough resources, that you could have enough money that you wouldn't worry about anything. And I think to, a, to, a, to an extent that's true, but, but what happens is, is that um, the worries just change. The worries just, they just change because they, you're no longer worried about, hey, am I going to have enough to pay my bills? Now you're saying, hey, do I have enough to buy a nicer car? Should I have, do I have enough to, have, to buy a bigger house? And of course, those come with different worries. Um, uh, you know, am I going to have enough money to pay for the insurance? Am I going to have to put a security system? Am I going to have to worry about somebody stealing my nice car? Um, all those things are of secondary value. Um, but we live in a culture, and, and Jesus did too, where um, the appearances of wealth and the understanding of wealth, um, the, the uh, prestige of wealth were, was at the forefront of people's minds. Uh, one of the reasons that Jesus got so mad about um, the way that the Jews were, the Pharisees and the Jews were practicing uh, religion and um, Jesus called them white, 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 whitewashed tombs because they looked great on the outside, but they were dead on the inside. He got so mad because they had turned um, the this ritual, this this practice, this holy sacrifice into uh, a money making machine. And so when Jesus shows up at the temple and he sees all the money changers and he sees all the the the, the human business that's going on. Sometimes necessary in the sense of like, yeah, this person needs, he, he, they can't travel, they, they don't have an animal to sacrifice, so they need to, to buy that. Um, that's not what, that's not the part that, that Jesus gets mad about. It's the part that, it's the fact that Jesus shows up at the temple and the people who are running the business are worshiping the money. Um, and they are, they are convinced as we are today, many times, they are convinced that money or having money is a sure sign that God is on your side, that you've been blessed. And, and we see that uh, in the story of the rich young fool. Um, Jesus says, uh, he comes, the, the young man comes to Jesus and says, hey, teacher, how can I have uh, eternal life? And, and Jesus says, what does the word? What does the Bible say? And and what's the teaching on this? And the and the young man goes, you know, keep the commandments. Uh, and Jesus said, good. And the young man, I've said, I've done all that. And so Jesus said, go and sell all you have, and come follow me. And it said that the the, the young man went away, because his his possessions were great. And so he went away saddened, because he of all the things that Jesus could have asked. That was not what he expected, and um, it was not what he was willing to give up. And yet, Jesus said that because Jesus understood that the, the thorns that would keep that man from producing good fruit was his connection to that wealth. And, and the disciples were astounded because they, um, that's what the culture, the culture thought that, hey, if you're wealthy, that means God's blessing you. You've done something right. God is shining his light down on you because you followed all the right laws. You've, you've said the right prayers. Um, and, and Jesus is like, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, um, it's almost impossible for a rich man to, to enter the kingdom of heaven. And the disciples were like, wow, 
um, if the rich people can't get in, the ones who are uh, chosen by God to be blessed, how are we going to do that? And of course, Jesus is turning the world upside down um, for the disciples and for those who would want to listen and follow him. And he's, he's explaining that um, material wealth is not the only indication, nor is it a good indication of whether or not God has blessed you. Uh, if you read the, if you go back to the Sermon on the Mount, you read the Beatitudes, uh, Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are those who need um, God because they are the ones who find him. They're the ones who find the kingdom. They're the ones who, who find God. Um, and and it was just so counterintuitive because the, the way the world worked and the way this, the world still works. We think that those who are successful and who have money and have big houses and have all the cars and are, are beautiful, God must be blessing them. And sometimes people can have all that and, and have a really good relationship with Jesus. But it's because they, they put their relationship with Jesus first and they don't, they don't find any fulfillment in those things, the, the money and the job and those type of things. Their fulfillment is in following Christ. And so that's why Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of heaven, and, and all things shall be added unto you. And I think that like the worries of this world and, and wealth and the deceitfulness of wealth go hand in hand because the answer for the world that the world would give to say, if you don't want to worry, get a bigger bank account. If you don't want to worry about your health, if you don't want to worry about what, you, what food you're going to have, how you're going to travel, um, where you're going to live, well, the, the easiest answer is make more money, have more money. If you have more money, then you can take care of the problems that arise. Like you, you don't have to worry about so much. If you need to go to the hospital, you can pay for the best doctors. If you want to go out to eat, you can, you can do that. If you want to go to the grocery store, uh, if your car breaks down, you just you just pay for it. You don't you don't have to depend upon um, a a spiritual being, uh, the the creator of the universe. You don't have to depend on them, him, because you've got it all under control. It's in my bank account. I can spend it if I need to, and and that's that is what wealth says. You are in control. You are the one that makes sure that you are everything is taken care of. You, you are the one that makes sure that you don't have to worry about anything because you're making the right amount of money. You're more than enough money, and um, and and Jesus Jesus puts those two things together because wealth is deceitful. Um, remember that money in and of itself is pretty neutral. Having money or not having money um, is a neutral thing, but but um, the love of money. Jesus says, is the root of all evil, and, and wealth is deceitful. I mean, think about uh, the famous stories. Uh, think about like Rockefeller. Somebody asked him, said, how much money is enough? And he just said, you know, one more dollar. He was, he was uh, you know, an early million billionaire, just, just amounts of money that I can't even comprehend. I can't wrap my head around. Um, and yet he was never satisfied because it was never enough. Because, because wealth will not satisfy your soul. And, and when, you, when you get rid of the worries that you have, 
you replace them with new ones. If, if, the, if the way that you get rid of the worries of this life is by working hard enough and, and working yourself to the bone or, or figuring out how to, how to get enough money so that you don't have to worry about it, what happens is, is that other worries replace the worries that you took care of. And, and so instead of having peace, you have new worries. You have new struggles. You have new turmoil. And so instead of um, fixing things, instead of allowing your heart to be ready to hear and, and learn what Jesus has to say to you, you just create more weeds. And you can't, you can't produce good fruit by pulling up the weeds and putting new weeds down. And so when we think about the condition of our hearts, when we think about what makes me worry, what makes me, what, why do I desire wealth? Why do I, what, what is that? Um, we realize that it, it becomes a problem because it begins to challenge who is in control. And so the heart that's ready to hear God's word is, is a heart that's submitted to Jesus Christ as Lord and has determined that they're going to live their life in such a way to reflect what Jesus has taught. Jesus says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. If you love me, you'll do my teaching. And so um, the heart that is going to produce good fruit has to be a heart that's, that has submitted themselves to Jesus and ready to hear and do. That's, that's what Jesus says. He says, don't be a, just a hearer of the word, but also be a doer. Don't just know, don't just have in your brain the truth and allow it just to stay there and miss out on the fact that it needs to sink into your heart. And then when it sinks into your heart, sinks into your life, don't be that type of person. He says, be a doer, be a hearer and be a doer. But when we take care of our own lives, when we take the reins, when we, we say, God, I've got this. And it's only in the most dire situations that we ever say, oh, I'm, I, I, I guess I'm not in control. I don't have enough money. That we turn to Jesus, then what we have is we have hearts that are full of thorns. We have hearts that are, that the, the things that we think are good are actually causing us not to produce the fruit that God wants to produce in our lives. When we, when we um, depend upon ourselves, our own strength, our own money, our own intellect, as solely um, that and that's the only thing that we depend upon, then we miss out on the blessing of getting to trust and have faith and put into practice the words that Jesus has taught us. And so we, we hear God's word. We may even believe God's word, even have some conviction about it. But, it, but when we say, when we allow um, the worries of this world and, the, and wealth and the, and the chasing after wealth and the desire for wealth to, to supersede that following, that, that, that following after Jesus, that walking by the Spirit, that producing that fruit, um, we, we're just going to naturally see less fruit produced in our lives. And, and again, the problem is not um, wealth necessarily. Um, there's, there's people who can um, be wealthy and be totally dependent upon God. 
There's people who can seem like they have it all figured out, and yet they, they know how to trust in God. But we have to get it straight. We have to get it right. We have to start with our trust in God. And then what we see is that when we trust God, He will grant us the blessings of wealth and, and or, or not. I mean, he'll, he'll, maybe He'll just bless us with enough. And that would be great to just have enough. As, as, as the Lord's Prayer says, it says that, give me today my daily bread. Um, I, I think as a human, uh, I, I, I certainly emphasize with the, I empathize with, this, with the idea that uh, I want to pray, God, give me enough for today and, and tell me or show me how I'm going to get tomorrow rather than what Jesus teaches where it's like, pray for today and tomorrow, pray for, to, for that day. And the next day, pray for that day. That's why he would say, why worry about tomorrow? Tomorrow, today has enough problems to, to worry about. <laughs> Don't worry about tomorrow. And yet, yet we do. And again, to, to make sure that we have a, a very complete and deep understanding of what it means to follow Jesus, it doesn't mean that we're to be fools in what we do. It doesn't mean that we should not be wise about the resources that we have. Um, it doesn't mean that we should not be wise about the investments we make and, and understand um, what kind of money that we are committing to for needy, uh, to, to have our needs met. doesn't mean that. It, it's, the, it's this balance, this mature balance that Jesus talks about that I think that sometimes we, we just jump to... Um, to get out of the the very it's a it's a it's a very difficult thing we jump to this argument of like oh well are you saying that I can't like you you think all Christians should just be poor um, that that they should be let's, let's all take a vow of poverty um, and that's that's not it either um, I think that what Jesus says he says that he, if you're gonna follow him you should be as innocent as a dove and wise as a serpent. You should be as innocent as a dove and wise as a serpent, which means that you you should have wisdom about how you do life, but you do it in such a way that you've allowed God, you've allowed God's influence and, and Jesus' spirit and the Holy Spirit to speak into your heart so that you have innocence and wisdom. And James would say, if you want wisdom, ask and he will give it to you. If you, if you seek first, and again, to go back to what Jesus' word says, says, seek first the kingdom of heaven and all things shall be added unto you. But here's what's happened. Here, here, here's what happens in our hearts. We hear God's word. And, um, and, and we're, we, we receive it joyfully. We start to think about it. And then we start to say, but what does that look like for me to live out? What does it look like for me to hear what Jesus says and to actually live that way so that people would see that Jesus' words make a difference in my life? What does that look like? And one of the things that gets in the way, two of the things that get in the way of us actually putting Jesus' words into practice are worry and wealth. It's easy, it's easy when everything's going well and everything's, everything is working the way you want it to be 
everything is, is exactly how you want it. You've got enough money and you're comfortable and, and things are going well and you're healthy and, and your car's running and, and the house is fine. It's easy to, to stay in that and think, ah, this must be what Jesus wants for me. And yet, what I know is that Jesus calls us so many times to step out of what is comfortable and into what is going to make us grow. He calls us. He says, don't stay in the boat. That's the whole Peter's in the boat. And, and Peter says, Jesus, would you come to me? And Jesus is like, all right, come. And, you know, Peter steps out. But then he sees the waves. He worries. He, he gets convinced that this is not how the, the world works. And so he loses his faith in what Jesus has taught him and what Jesus is so, showing him and what, what, what he, he was so bold to say, Jesus, can I take a step out into the water? And Jesus is like, yeah, come walk on water with me. But when the waves crash around him and he takes his eyes off Jesus, when the world crashes in, he begins to drown. He, he loses the faith, the trust in what Jesus has said and what Jesus has done. And just like Peter, in our lives, when everything's going like we think it should, when, we, when everything is going like it's expected, it's easy to say, oh yeah, Jesus is Lord, I'm going to follow him, I'm going, he's, he is uh, directing me, um, he's, he's making me lie down in green pastures and next to fountains and ponds and, and, and he lays out a banquet before me and all those things we like to claim, he, he has good plans for me. It's easy when the bank account is full, when the gas tank is full, when the house is paid off, when the car runs, when you're healthy and there's no hospital bills. But what do you do when everything that you've been trying to do stops working? Do you cling to God's word? You cling to God's word and say, I'm going to trust. I'm going to, I'm going to align my, my life. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to seek the deceitfulness of wealth. I'm going to trust in God. And I'm going to allow that to be the blessing, that to be the wealth, that to be my boasting. I'll boast in Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for me and nothing else. Paul, as, a, as an apostle, he says I, in, in Philippians uh, one of the most common verses, famous verses, he says, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. And the reason he says that is because what he's talking about is that what keeps him going is not whether he has a full bank account, whether he has uh, a three-course meal every time, whether he has all of his his cares and desires taken care of because of, of what he's done about who Jesus is. and what. But he says, I can do all things because he knows that Regardless of the situation a believer finds themselves in, if their trust is in Jesus, then their needs will be met. Now, having your needs met does not necessarily always look like you want it to. There's a there's a difference between, um, you know, oh, what having your needs met and what the world says is is flourishing and and being overabundant. Um, 
having your needs met doesn't mean that your bank account's going to be so large that you can't understand it. That sometimes it might mean that, and other times it just means that you'll have the inner strength and fortitude to make it through the trials and tribulations. You'll have the strength to make it through the through the very struggle because what what God is doing is He's helping you prepare your heart to produce the fruit He wants you to produce. He's He's pruning. He's pulling up the weeds. He's 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 helping you, and and we gotta we have to be a part of that. We've got to say yes, yes, Jesus. I want to get the weeds out of my heart. I gotta I gotta I want to just be fully able to hear and have my heart be ready to hear your truth and to live out that truth. And when I do that, I produce the good fruit that you want me to produce. It doesn't it God's care may not look like you want it to or expect it to it may not be abundance in material things but it is will always be extravagant in love and it'll always be an opportunity to to trust and lean and learn but when we let worry and the deceitfulness of wealth choke out that then we our, our growth is stunted. We don't grow like God wants us to. We don't grow, and, and when we don't grow, then we're not able to produce the fruit that God wants us to. Again, James, if you read that, it says that trials lead to patience, and patience produces, and 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 that's what Jesus is talking about when he talks about the heart. He says, those people who hear my word and and they want to put it into practice and they want to follow it, but they get caught up on the everyday workings of this world, but they get caught up in the pursuit of, of wealth and prestige and material things. He says those people aren't able to produce the good fruit that they they may produce some but it's but it's the nutrients are being stolen and so let's let us return this week to Jesus's words let us return to what he calls us to when he calls us and he says seek first the kingdom of heaven and all things shall be added unto you It's a way of shifting our desires and our understanding of how the world works and what we need and what we should expect. And so that's my prayer for you guys. That's my prayer for myself is that this week, especially and on and on and on, that I will work to remove the weeds from my heart so that I can fully Commit to producing the good fruit that Jesus calls us to produce. And so the prayer this week is, Seek first the kingdom of heaven and let all things be added to you.